This is Chris Carson. You listen to Roster Watch. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for the Week 10 edition of the RosterWatch.com Tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert, and thank each and every one of you for joining me again this week and supporting us over at RosterWatch.com. The fantasy football trade market is a place to make your team better, and uh, this is where we step through that market in our leagues every week of the season. We examine the inefficiencies that exist and the arbitrage that exists every single week of the season and how we can capitalize on it. And I want to begin the show today with discussing our strategy this time of year. Uh, I've spoken many times earlier in the season how we would be switching gears later in the season. And uh, that time is now, folks. Um, It's also the time now to subscribe to the Rosterwatch channel on YouTube or the Rosterwatch podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Of course, you guys can also follow us at Rosterwatch on Twitter or everything we do on the site over at rosterwatch.com. But in terms of trade market strategy in our fantasy football leagues this time of year, guys, what we've been doing all season is accumulating depth, talent-rich depth, to help navigate the attrition of the season and to be competitive, the most competitive in our starting lineups we can every week of the season. And we've done what we've needed to do to win uh, on the consolidation market and on the liquidation side of the trade market. We've also discussed roster balancing trades uh, throughout the entirety of the season. So all of those avenues could still be in effect if you're fighting for your fantasy football playoff life at this moment. Of course, winning now is always uh, the number one mandate at Roster Watch. So if you're in a position where you're still fighting for your playoff life, we still want to exercise a lot of the strategies and tactics that we've discussed all season long. However, with the trade deadline nearing one, two weeks out in most leagues out there, uh, it is time to start thinking about how we can best position our teams for a deep playoff run for a fantasy football championship. And of course, it's going to be the teams that are sitting a little more comfortably in the standings right now that have the luxury to begin thinking about this. But you know, as the playoff fields begin to cement themselves over the next week or two, uh, this strategy will become more and more viable Uh, to everybody listening. So if you're not ready to implement this just yet, you may be next week. But nonetheless, this is where uh, we are headed this point of the season. And um, where we're going is in the playoffs, uh, we're going to win. And it's an arms race in the playoffs. We need to have the best starting lineup possible in the playoffs because that's how we're going to win. We don't have to worry about buys anymore. We can't really afford to hedge against injuries much longer. At this point, it's all about having the most competitive, the most formidable starting lineup you can possibly have as you get ready uh, to enter the playoffs. I like to say a cartoonish uh, mega starting lineup. We want all of the biggest fish in fantasy in our starting lineup for the playoffs. We want must start, no, you know, no question, uh, uh, must start premier players, as many of them as possible in our starting lineup. And we talk about player equity often on this podcast. And that's kind of how I assign value uh, to players and entire rosters when I'm looking, uh, you know, examining and analyzing, you know, 
the fantasy football trade market, and we're always attempting to accumulate the most player equity we can. That means we have as many of the best players as possible. But again, in the past, some of that equity has lived on our bench because we've needed it to navigate the bye weeks and the attrition of the season, the injuries, all the COVID stuff this year. Uh, but we have to understand that once we get to the playoffs, all of that talent, all of that equity on our bench is nearly meaningless. Uh, those guys are going to be wasting away. Great players are going to be wasting away on your bench, and that's not the way to field the most formidable team you can possibly field in the playoffs. What we want to do is now we want to shift all of the player equity in our roster into our starting lineup. We want to have maximum player equity in our starting lineup uh, for the fantasy football playoffs. And so oftentimes what that means is we are going to continue. We've talked about consolidating an awful lot on this show all year long, but now it's time to start consolidating even some of our best players, even if we have to quote unquote overpay to go out and pursue the biggest names in all of fantasy football. So of course for week 10, we will begin on the sell side of the fantasy football trade market. And this week it looked uh, to be a lot of wide receivers that have marketability, have appeal, uh, could be enticing uh, to move out there on your fantasy football trade market in exchange for a bigger, better name that you feel much more comfortable with going into your fantasy football playoffs. Uh, Let's begin with Mr. DJ Chark of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Certainly don't trust the quarterback situation in Jacksonville moving forward. Chark is coming off a 25-point, 12-target game and half-point PPR formats for 146 yards and a touchdown. Chark also has a very solid upcoming schedule. This is a great time to try to sell him high in exchange for a player, uh, a big-time player that we like better for the nuclear arms race known as the fantasy playoffs where we want to crush our opponents with mega cartoonish starting lineups of the biggest, most marquee players in all of fantasy football. And look, what this is going to include is going still, we're going to continue going to the teams on the playoff bubble right now. Those are the guys, especially the ones just outside of the bubble. You could probably forget about the teams that are totally out of it at this point. Look for the teams just outside the bubble and go have a look at the best players on their roster. If they have holes to fill in their starting roster so they can be more competitive and try to get off that playoff bubble, this is the perfect team to target in a multiplayer deal for one of their best players in return DJ Chark, you can market him as a win-now guy. He has a nice upcoming schedule. Uh, So he would be a solid asset uh, to consolidate with some of the other players we'll talk about here shortly to pursue a bigger name, a better player, somebody you're more comfortable with for your fantasy football playoffs. Uh, Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team, pretty much in the same boat as DJ Chark now that Alex Smith has Uh, taken back over at the helm Uh, he got off the hook with a long touchdown off of a short pass last week certainly we're not going to be able to bank all that obviously these guys are all still decent keeps Uh, but this this speaks to the juncture of the season that we're in now we're willing to sell good players we're willing to overpay by packaging multiple good players 
uh, guys that are off of our bench, guys that we won't be able to start every week in the playoffs, guys that will be wasting away as we move away from having to tap our bench as the buys expire and in our, our rearview mirror for the playoffs. Uh, these are the big names. We're willing to package these guys up. Uh, and like I said, quote unquote, overpay if we're a winning team gearing up for the playoffs right now. We want to get the best names in all of fantasy football in return. And Terry McLaurin, DJ Chark, guys that I think you can begin to do that with uh, this week. Certainly not players that are must-sells. These are all sell-high if possible, sell-high if possible for a huge name in return. Um, But these guys have to have marketability if you're going to land the big fish, and that's what we're attempting to do right now. Juju Smith-Schuster. Three solid games in a row for Pittsburgh, averaging about nine targets per game. Seems to have emerged recently as the most reliable threat in that passing game. Um, But I think based on what we've seen all season long in Pittsburgh, it's going to be difficult to trust that situation. He does have very good matchups on paper uh, against, uh, I think it's Cincinnati this week, and then actually Baltimore, which used to be a difficult matchup, uh, turning into a decent matchup there for fantasy wide receivers. So I think you could sell... Juju's schedule. I think you could sell his recent production. The targets look good right now. DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin, Juju Smith-Schuster, all marketable wide receivers with name value and recognition. You got to remember, a lot of these people we're dealing with, uh, you know, they're chicken littles. They're they need to be comfortable with somebody's name value in addition to their production in order to move one of their big players. And so that makes these receivers we're discussing. So coincidentally, a lot of receivers this week that are in the mix, um, these guys are prime candidates to sell high if possible in your fantasy football league as you gear up for the playoffs in exchange for some of the biggest names in all of fantasy football. Christian Kirk, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, five touchdowns the last three games. He's gone bananas the last month. And truthfully, DeAndre Hopkins is really opening things up for Christian Kirk, who has emerged as the clear wide receiver two on the team and is being treated accordingly by the coaching staff, by Kingsbury. He's a good player, uh, but he's still more of like a seven target per game guy, which is, look, we want anything attached. Kyler Murray's having a historic season right now, not surprisingly. Many of you own him if you use the draft cheat sheet at Roster Watch this August. And Kirk is a massive beneficiary, even on those seven targets. It's been the big place. It's been the touchdowns for Kirk. I actually think he's a sneaky play again this week uh, with Tredavious White going to lock horns with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, traditional logic tells us that this is a good spot again for Kirk, who, by the way, I thought he would have trouble with the Byron Joneses and Xavier and Howards of the world long athletic physical corners of the Dolphins last week. Uh, based on the way the Cardinals used them, didn't really seem to affect things. So I would throw Christian Kirk, who's hot as hell right now in fantasy football leagues, right into that bucket. Again, none of these guys are must-sells, folks. But if you are big game hunting, if you are prepping for the nuclear arms race of your fantasy football playoffs because you're in the top of your standings and you have a talent-rich uh, depth on your bench that you can afford to start uh shipping off in exchange for a nuclear playoff roster this is what you want to do will fuller and brandon cooks in houston both have been awesome brandon cooks has taken the lead on that team as the target leader 
in half-point PPR leagues. He's gone for 17 points, almost 18 points per game in half-point PPR leagues over the last four weeks for the Texans, also averaging 10 targets per game. That's eye-popping for a player like Cooks. He's really getting a little bit you know, less depth of target than Will Fuller, but certainly a player who's able to make plenty of hay with those, or developed as a developing as a reliable, consistent, and high upside fantasy option. I don't think Brandon Cooks is going anywhere right now, and I'd say the same for Will Fuller. It was a relief for his owners that he was not traded to Green Bay. It's been an amazing season for Will Fuller, really outside of, you know, what was it, week two? He's just he's been good just about every week. Um, he's a big play machine with Deshaun Watson. Um, I'm no rush to get rid of Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller, but I will tell you that if I'm trying to go after one of the absolute biggest names in all of fantasy, I think those are perfect guys to get it done with. We'll proceed here to maybe a little bit lower tier, a little bit lower rung of wide receiver that I think is a sell high right now. And I would begin that with Curtis Samuel of the Carolina Panthers. It's been awesome lately. I mean, you've seen what he's done the last three weeks. Um, but it's difficult to pretend that this will continue for Curtis Samuel based on basically the wide receiver musical chairs we've seen in Carolina all season. It's gone from Anderson to Moore to Curtis Samuel, and I expect this thing to swing back and forth down the stretch. Now, clearly, Curtis Samuel, not as big a name as some of the receivers we just discussed, but still the kind of player that if I owned right now, I would look to take advantage of the situation. Look, we want to be opportunists on the trade market. That's how we're most successful. That requires being aware. It requires being on watch, you know, having a keen eye for when sneaky things like this develop and then be willing to act and act quickly. Um, We have Christian McCaffrey looked great last week. Looks like he'll probably miss this week. Sounding like it could be a one week injury. So he could be, his re-return could be looming somewhat imminently. I think obviously anytime he's out probably provides a little more opportunity for Samuel so with him out this week and Samuel a great game log the last three weeks I absolutely think he's got marketability especially since he's got three decent matchups uh, the next uh, three weeks before the week 13 buy so if I'm a Curtis Samuel owner more than likely he's a guy I picked up off of waiver wires recently he's probably a bench guy um, or he's probably just a flex for me if I can package him up with another good name and get somebody much more rock solid that's basically like a must start in return for the fantasy football playoffs or down the stretch in the regular season here. That's what I want to do because I don't want to have to make these difficult sit-start decisions. And Curtis Samuel is a player, I think, that could swindle us at any moment. Jacoby Myers in New England, I'd put him in this bucket too. Again, not a big name, not like you're going to get a ton for him, but I think he's a guy you can throw in to a team on the bubble that needs somebody like right now. 30 targets over the last three games for Jacoby Myers. Double-digit points in half-point PPR leagues each of those weeks for the last three weeks. Uh, They had the big 169-yard breakout last week, and all of our contacts inside the Patriots uh, world on their beat are telling us that he absolutely looks like the best wide receiver on the team, and it's not particularly close. So again, not a big time name, but if you could take a Jacoby Myers and throw him in, uh, in a package with another big name guy or another couple of big name guys to a team that needs players right now and pick off one of their preeminent players in return, that's what we're looking to do as we switch gears and arm up for the nuclear playoff race in our fantasy football leagues. 
Uh, I will remind you guys as we turn to the guys that we're looking to potentially buy this week or maybe buy low on. Again, we're moving away from the concept of buying low at this point to basically if we're in position of strength operating with a lot of assets and in a good spot in the wind column, we're basically looking to ship off whatever we, we, we need to in order to fill out our starting lineup with the biggest names in fantasy football. And one place when we're looking on the sell on the buy side of the market in any any week really during the season we always can look to the teams that are on buy again being on buy doesn't necessarily represent buying low on these players but it creates a moment a purchasing moment that may not have existed otherwise and again this jives with the concept that we don't necessarily have to pay buy low at this point if we're operating from a position of strength looking to load up for the fantasy football playoffs so we should discuss that the atlanta falcons are on buy this week Clearly, that opens an opportunity for Julio, which seemingly he's been awesome lately. Seemingly, his value will somewhat be tied to Calvin Ridley's return. But uh, I think even aside from that, Julio, pretty clearly one of the big fish in all of fantasy you'd be happy to go to war with in your fantasy football playoffs. So if you can get a crack at Julio Jones on the Falcons this week, I think you take a look at it. You know, we'll talk about some injured guys later like Calvin Ridley, but certainly if you are... Uh, you know, in a position of strength where you don't have much to lose by going after a guy like Ridley because you're stacked otherwise, then, you know, there might not be any harm in doing it. And as a matter of fact, it might be really smart because Calvin Ridley, absolutely one of the studs on the season when he's been in there. And then Todd Gurley, I know we've been trying to move away from Todd Gurley, try to sell high on him. Uh, and that hasn't been a bad strategy this last week because after we capitalized on riding that big wave of fantasy production that we projected uh, the previous six weeks. That said, if I could get a deal on Gurley from a struggling team right now on the bubble and I can bring Gurley back on his bye week uh, to become a flex or something for my playoff run, I think that's actually a really sneaky, low-impact way to get a meaningful deal done on an impact player for a big-time playoff run. Uh, in the same breath, we could look at the Kansas City Chiefs this week who are also on by. I would go out on a limb, probably not too far to say that a lot of folks who roster these Chiefs are probably winning teams. So again, you're not going to rip them off. But heck, it's always worth having a look, no harm, and taking a look and seeing what's out there. Uh, you think about Tyreek Hill, you think about Travis Kelsey. I think we're out of the business on either of the Chiefs running backs. Certainly we could be enticed by Patrick Mahomes if somehow there was an opportunity to get him I'm not sure there will be uh, but again we'd be willing to overpay for Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill or even Pat Mahomes if we were in the position to do so uh, we also have the Jets and the Dallas Cowboys um, that are going to be on by this week not sure there's a whole lot that we're interested in uh, there you know maybe Zeke maybe Zeke's a sneaky one guys Maybe I should have spent a little more time thinking about Zeke here. Alex and I agree with the return of Zach Martin. That line looks a little better. We should be getting Andy Dalton back soon. People are very down on Zeke Elliott right now. This actually might be a really sneaky time to move in on Zeke as a flex play for your stretch run. Uh, the premise of this entire episode and the remaining episodes of this season as we gear up for our playoff run as we front load our starting lineups with the biggest names in all of fantasy football, is going to be talking about the major studs. 
kind of regardless of price at this point because... uh, Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That begins not to matter if it means, it's like we talk about all the time, it's like dying with a bunch of money in the bank. If you don't have anybody to give it to, like what good did it do? Going to the fantasy football playoffs with a studly bench that you'll never use is like dying with a bunch of money in the bank and, you know, nobody to give it to or, you know, maybe, 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 uh, no experiences, you know, not, not all the experiences that you could have had. I kind of look at it the same way. You're just, you're leaving meat on the bone. You're leaving something on the table. And because of that, at some point you say, well, I don't care this is going to be useless to me. This, this, the, the equity of this player is going to evaporate for me in the playoffs anyways. So what does it matter if I quote unquote ship them off in a deal where I'm overpaying for somebody in return right now? Because the fact is the guy I'm going to get back in return is going to be more valuable in my starting lineup than this guy was on my bench um, along with whoever else you packaged up with him. So, you know, we have to begin with Derrick Henry, one of the beasts of all beasts in fantasy football. A little bit of a down week last week. You're never going to buy super low on Derrick Henry, but again, this isn't. that's not really the premise here. The premise is to go after the biggest names in all of fantasy football. He's got Indianapolis, Baltimore, and Indianapolis the next three weeks. It's a really difficult schedule on paper. So if there's a Derrick Henry team on the bubble, and there could be, because remember, Uh, There was a little bit of a tough situation with the Titans with COVID earlier in the season, a little bit of a down week last week. Now they're staring down the barrel of an incredibly difficult three-week run here as, uh, as our regular seasons expire. That could be a problem for teams on the bubble. If I'm a winning team, I'm going probably all in on trying to make that very... Um, make those very points to the Derrick Henry owners in my leagues that are on the bubble and see if I can pick them up, uh, pick them off for Henry because he has a really nice strength of schedule weeks 13 through 16 uh, for the winning teams that are already looking ahead to the playoffs. What an absolute nuclear weapon he would be uh, to slide in for that stretch run. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals, another guy I'd put in this bucket of major big-time studs that we want to find a way to bring home for the fantasy football playoffs. Similar to Derrick Henry, a little bit of a down week last week for DeAndre Hopkins. He's got a tough matchup on paper this week versus Tredavious White. Uh, And we've seen the willingness recently of Kyler to spread it around, especially to Christian Kirk. Um, Definitely not a cakewalk schedule rest of season for Hopkins. You know, but I'd call it solid, and the fact is we really want to be attached to this historic Kyler Murray run uh, with the best receiver on the team, uh, a guy I expect probably some big-time big time, uh, production from here down the stretch. So, again, this isn't so much about buying low on Hopkins. It's about buying Hopkins. If you're a winning team, I absolutely recommend this week you should be going after Derrick Henry. You should be after going after DeAndre Hopkins with everything you've got. Um, if you want to talk about premier players, uh, you know, we can start with Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins. 
But this could certainly extend circumstantially. We need to take a look at all these players in our leagues. This could extend to Devontae Adams. Of course, you'll never buy low on him. Maybe his teams, his owners are winning teams, but maybe they're not. Have a look. I don't care if I got to overpay for Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, possibly Tyreek Hill that we suggested earlier, who's on a buy. Michael Thomas back in the picture now. Julio Jones, even 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 notwithstanding the situation with Calvin Ridley. I'm still pretty interested in Julio down the stretch. Guys, go after all those big names. You're going to be able to sleep easy at night if it doesn't work out. Dude, I mean, you fired all your bullets. You 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 have nothing to feel ashamed of if you put that kind of roster together with players like that up and down your starting lineup and um, get sucked out on the playoffs. It wasn't meant to be, but uh, you're putting yourself in the best position possible to win if you do that. On the running back side, take a look. If you can't get Derrick Henry, you know, I doubt the Dalvin Cook owner is losing, but much like Devontae Adams, no harm in taking a look. What about the Alvin Kamara owner? What about the Nick Chubb owner? I'd say, you know, guys, I've been preaching, go after Miles Sanders. His owners have been patient waiting for him at this point, but I don't care. If I can get him, I want to look at it. Have a look. Maybe even Aaron Jones. We'll see if Aaron Jones can reclaim the same status he had in that backfield down the stretch, given the way that Jamal Williams looked recently. Um, but I think if you know that's an option in your league, I would look long and hard at it. Not a bad player in a very hot offense uh, to slide right into your starting lineup here down the stretch. Let's get to a few big name guys here that I think could go either way, kind of depending on the situation with your team in your league and just depending on the circumstances in your league, what's going on with the other owners in your league. These are guys that if I was a winning team, I might take and it. I don't have much to lose. I might take a crack after going after them and seeing if I can use these guys, deploy these guys as flex plays in my fantasy football playoffs. If I was a team on the bubble, these are players I think with enough question marks I would consider moving if I could get a couple players in return that could help me win this week and next week and cement my status in that playoff field. We'll begin with Chris Carson, uh, running back Seattle Seahawks. Definitely things still up in the air with his foot injury, a scary injury for a running back that's been a little bit, um, they've been a little clandestine about what the prognosis and the outlook is here. At first, it sounded like Carson could basically come back immediately. You know, maybe they're saving him for the playoff run or the stretch run. But, you know, Carson, a guy with injury history, certainly doesn't come without risk. And when he returns, does he receive his full workload? I think it's a reasonable question to ask yourself. Um, Kind of a middling schedule the rest of the way for Carson, if and when he does return. Um, But in the end, I'd still be very interested in stashing the lead running back in one of the league's highest flying offenses at the right price. Chris Carson uh, certainly proved to be a valuable commodity earlier in the season. If I can pick that guy up for a flex for my playoff run, I don't have much to lose to go after doing it. If I got the depth to pull that off and I'm not totally screwed if it doesn't work out because I've still got some other options, why the hell not? I'd go for it. James Conner, Pittsburgh Steelers, running back. Been awesome for fantasy every week except for last week and week one. Kind of a middling schedule the rest of the way for Connor. It does include some good matchups, some tough matchups. It was kind of a middling schedule on average. It's some good matchups, some tough matchups. 
maybe one or two kind of down middle middle of the road matchups there. So it could be a little bit touch and go for James Conner. Uh, you know, however, the next two weeks against Cincinnati and Jacksonville do look really nice over on the matchup tool at rosterwatch.com in terms of how they set up for the fantasy running back. Um, so James Conner, a player very much like Chris Carson. If I'm on the bubble, felt like I needed to move him, could get a couple guys in return that would help me. Uh, if he retains value in your league, I would certainly look at it. But if I'm switching gears to playoff strategy here on the fantasy football trade market and I've got the luxury to do it I would absolutely consider throwing a team on the bubble a couple of decent players for James Conner uh hopefully as my flex down the stretch a couple of wide receivers here I think fit that same bill begin with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of a muddled situation at this point obviously people pretty down on what happened last week and just the idea that now with Antonio Brown back you know it stands to reason that everybody's going to be affected in terms of their volume and their upside their floor what their overall production is going to be the rest of the way and can't forget the Bucks still have a week 13 bye so you're going to get hit with that you know, the very last week of your fantasy football regular season. So again, this could go either way, depending on your situation, depending on how these players are perceived in your league. It's pretty tough matchups from now until week 13 on paper for Evans and Godwin, all the Bucks wide receivers at this point too. So clouded situation, but big enough names, good enough players attached to a good enough offense that if I'm somehow picking them up as like flex plays for my fantasy playoff run, I could still be very interested in doing so. If I'm on the bubble right now and these guys retain value in my league, uh, maybe to a winning team that has that kind of notion, I don't think it's the worst thing to think about moving them. Uh, but look, we're talking, we really want to zero in on the big name players in our fantasy football leagues at this juncture of the season. Um, and certainly Mike Evans, Chris Godwin fit the bill. So does Tyler Lockett in Seattle. Can't put him in the same bucket with DK Metcalf, who we're willing to basically risk everything to pursue and to bring home for the fantasy football playoffs. We know what Tyler Lockett is. At the end of the year, he's going to have big stats that make him you know, a really good fantasy player, probably a low-end wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two. But we do know that he comes with a massive outburst and then some quiet weeks. And that's what we've seen the last two weeks, two very quiet weeks. In matchups that were supposed to be decent, um, you know, uh, you know, at, on the heels of that monster Week Seven, that epic, historic Week Seven performance, it's kind of a hit or miss schedule the rest of the way for Tyler Lockett. Um, so again, if he retained a lot of value, and I was on the bubble, and he was one of the dudes I needed to trade to maybe bring a couple of guys home because a winning team is willing to quote-unquote overpay for him, I'm considering it. But guys, we're focused on winning teams right now and the strategy of gearing up for a fantasy football playoff. So if that's the case, and I'm a winning team with a lot of assets, and I can approach a team on the bubble for Tyler Lockett, ship him off a couple of good players, even if I have to overpay to bring Tyler Lockett home, to bring him home in exchange to become my wide receiver, hopefully wide receiver three or flex for the epic cartoonish playoff roster. But even as a wide receiver two, depending on your situation, uh, I would absolutely consider it. And I think it can go the other way. You know, if I was a, let's say this is an interesting one. We talked about being on the bubble with Lockett. 
We talked about being a winning team that pursues Lockett to slide him into our flex or wide receiver three for the playoffs. What if we're a winning team that owns Lockett? I think he's a great candidate to package up for a bona fide stud. Why not take Tyler Lockett, take one of these other guys we've talked about, and go after DeAndre Hopkins? That'd be a winning move. Get to a couple of the injured guys that we talk about every week, the big-name injured guys that represent an opportunity for winning teams uh, to bring home some imposing preeminent players for the stretch run. Christian McCaffrey, we couldn't begin really anywhere else. Looked like it was going to be impossible to get back in the trade market for Christian McCaffrey after an outstanding return last week. But uh, he's out again with an injury. Does sound like it could only be a one-week injury, so I'm not sure exactly what opportunity this is going to represent in your league. But I know teams on the bubble in my leagues that own McCaffrey. It would probably take a king's ransom to get him off their hands. But if I was in position to do it, you guys saw all you needed to see last week. I would offer a king's ransom for McCaffrey in a heartbeat if that opportunity existed uh, for a winning. If I was a winning team uh, in my league, I think we could still talk about Austin Eckler. You guys are going to. You saw Kalen Balaj, Justin Jackson's hurt now. Josh Kelly has really devolved into not a very good play this year um watch out for the news on austin eckler and 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 guys everything we're talking about today is going to basically be the strategy that takes us through the next few weeks uh, until our trade deadlines expire in our league so if it's not this week for eckler remember next week start looking at eckler you know determine what your situation is maybe your winning team that can get him for super cheap and you're not worried about playing him for another three or you know, three weeks or whatnot, four weeks. I mean, that would be an amazing move because you see how good the offense is with Herbert. I think if you could get Eckler back in healthy at the end of the season, that would be a nice boost. Of course, probably nothing guaranteed there with an injured player, so assess the situation. Same with Raheem Mostert for the 49ers. That situation has kind of turned to a disaster on that offense, but if he does return... I mean, we've seen every indication that they're going to give him the lead role, and he's been a really good player in that role. If I could go after a Raheem Mostert uh, out again this week and pick him up for a flex play late for my playoff run, why not consider it? Uh, If I have the assets to do it and the price tag's right. We spoke about Calvin Ridley earlier. Certainly, you need to assess his situation. If you could bring him home, that's a big-time name who was a monster before the injury um you know doesn't go without risk but we're certainly looking at calvin ridley we're looking at kenny galladay this week two guys that performed really well when they were in there Uh, we don't have certainty about their injury situations we're a little nervous about their injury situations but probably so are their owners so again it's a luxury trade but if we have the ability to do that and it doesn't leave us totally high and dry trade for those guys stash them and then pray that you can roll them out as a flex or a wide receiver three as a nuclear option in your fantasy football playoffs. I think we could discuss Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings as well. Um, Guys that have kind of fallen off, certainly not preeminent dudes, but guys you wouldn't mind in a competitive league having as a wide receiver three or a flex for your playoff run. Uh, It's kind of a middling schedule the rest of the way, but they do get a three-game home stretch from week 11 through week 13 that I think will serve them uh, serve them pretty well. Uh, so I would consider taking a look at the Vikings wide receivers in my league and see 
what the situation is uh, with them. You know, I would also consider Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, the rookie running back. Everybody's super down on him right now. I actually think he's one of those sneaky, sneaky trades at this moment. There's nothing guaranteed, but there's not going to be much risk associated with the price tag. And Jonathan Taylor has an amazing schedule. You guys know I've been talking about this for a week or two on here. Uh, Amazing schedule from now through week 15. He has six top nine matchups over this stretch through the most critical juncture of the entire fantasy football season. And not only does he get six top nine matchups these next six weeks, but two of those are the number one matchup in all of fantasy against the Houston Texans. Nothing guaranteed. It could be a split backfield. I don't care. In a competitive situation, if I can get in on Jonathan Taylor to an unsuspecting owner who's down on him for pretty cheap, I think it's low risk. Get that guy on your team and start prepping him to be a flex for your late season and playoff run. Um, I might also take a look at Hollywood Brown. I know it's been a disappointing season, low-volume passing offense. It just doesn't look good. And even though he's kind of like the number one wide receiver, it's um, it feels a little bit thin, the play every single week. Um, so again, not a guy that we're going way out of our way for. I think this depends on how competitive your situation is, how competitive your league is. But with three top seven matchups during the fantasy football playoffs, teams with foresight in competitive leagues might be shrewd to look at adding Hollywood Brown as a wide receiver three or a nuclear flex option for the big time run uh, when all the money's on the line. Last but not least here, we've always seemed to uncover a tight end uh, in many weeks on the show this year. And this week, no different. It's been a tough decision, tough position to solve rest of season. But with the rookie, uh, Albert O, for a lack of better pronunciation, gone for the rest of the season in Denver, with Drew Locke throwing massive volume as that team plays from behind in recent weeks. And also with the fact that Noah Fant's just been a good fantasy tight end this year when he's been available. Um, I think he's absolutely the number one solution to pursue uh, at any reasonable level. You know, if you're not going after the Travis Kelseys of the world or the Darren Wallers, I think Noah Fant, absolutely uh, the number one target for teams that need to solve the tight end problem down the stretch. Uh, he's my number one target the rest of the way. Noah Fant, I think, is going to be a sneaky, sneaky weapon down the stretch for shrewd teams that go out and obtain him. Uh, we've spoken about Mark Andrews at length over the weeks. Uh, it's been a tough run. We've predicted that. It's Look, and we're going to continue to say that Mark Andrews is in the middle of tight end hell on this portion of the Ravens' schedule. Finally, we get a respite next week in a top five tight end matchup with Tennessee, but this week's bad. Um, And then week uh, 12 is bad. But after that, guys, it's pretty much wheels up rest of season for Mark Andrews, which is going to be the playoff run. So again, if you're in a position where you have the luxury of being able to pick off a Mark Andrews and, you know, maybe not have to play him until then or stash him for your playoffs, I think it'd be a really smart move. Uh, and of course, Rob Gronkowski, Jared Cook, I think two other tight ends. If you're looking to kind of solve that problem for your playoff run, that won't totally break the bank. Uh, absolutely two 
other players that I would uh, have a look at. Well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for all of your loyal support at rosterwatch.com over the last 10 years. It's been a pleasure to be on the front lines for each and every one of your fantasy football teams. And we just ask that you please subscribe to the Rosterwatch channel on YouTube, the Rosterwatch podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Twitter at Rosterwatch or come visit us over on the site at rosterwatch.com. Thanks again, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, so long, Rosterwatch Nation. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.